Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. You know, there's some stories in sports history that really make you sit back and just be amazed at how fate set up so well for the player to succeed. Well, the story of baseball player Nellie Fox and his rise to baseball legendary lore is truly one of those, and we're going to share it with you right now. So hang on. My name's Darren Hayes, and I know you've heard me on the Pigskin Dispatch talking about football history for years. Well, now I'm on a new mission, a quest to find sports history in other sports as well as football by learning through the jerseys and the apparel and the gear that the players wore and the franchises supplied their teams. It's an educational trip, and I'm taking you with me day by day, player by player, uniform by uniform, the Sports Jersey Dispatch. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my sporting friends. This is Darren Hayes of the Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your place to find all things great sports history. And we are going to go through our players that are truly legends of the game. And especially the game of baseball is where our topic goes as we are right in the midst of baseball season. And uh, Jacob Nelson Fox uh, was born December 25th, 1927 in St. Thomas, Pennsylvania, which is a little bird that's about 30 miles west of Gettysburg. And the Christmas Day gift to the Fox family would go on to be the hero of baseball hundreds of miles away in the Windy City. And the lad would be called Pug by his family and friends, but we know him better as Nellie Fox. And he wouldn't have the moniker of Nellie associated with him as a shortened version of his middle name, Nelson, until later when he played pro ball. Now, his father, Jake, had loved to play baseball and ended up learning carpentry, even though he grew up in a farm in St. Thomas, PA. Now, Sabre.org shares with us that there is a photograph of a two-year-old pug holding a wooden bat crafted by his father, Jacob, and uh, the boy was just destined to be a ball player with a photo like that. Uh, growing up, Nelly later confessed that he played baseball and soccer as a kid and probably enjoyed soccer just a little bit more than playing hardball. That's pretty amazing that for someone that was born in 1927, so this would have been the 1930s, that soccer was prevalent in the United States in a Pennsylvania small town uh, you know, near Gettysburg, as well as baseball. I really that came as quite a shock to me i didn't realize that was available to to youngsters to play uh you know as a activity commonplace in the 1930s i knew it happened you know way back way when and uh was first brought over in the 19th century but i didn't realize that that was that prevalent until like the 1970s but 1930 uh very interesting indeed now Pug loved watching the local team of boys play, and after being in attendance at so many games, the team recruited the youngster as their bat boy. But uh, 
You know, Pug would pester his father and the team manager to let him get in the batter's box during the game, even though he was a, a little guy and you know, the players were much older. You know, the players on the field were quite a bit older because even uh, his father, Jacob, was playing on that squad, but it didn't fret the 10-year-old little Pug. Uh, finally, the coach caved in and sent the younger Fox to face an opposing pitcher who was thought of to be one of the tops in the area. This might be a kind of an embarrassing event as a uh, you know, young 10-year-old pug goes into that uh, batter's box against this very well-established pitcher. Uh, but with grit and determination, the preteen smashed a pitch-hit single and got on base. Mouths dropped and everything got quiet, I'm sure, in that little baseball stadium as this boy was showing that he had some talent and raw talent it was now as pug grew older he struggled a little bit in school wasn't the best of students and at the age of 16 he decided that baseball was going to be his career path yeah every parent's dream to hear that that's for sure an article on saber.org claims that his mother may uh was also concerned like any parent would be uh, with a team being so baseball crazy that she even wrote a letter to the famed Philadelphia Athletics manager Connie Mack in a sort of scolding fashion uh, and telling the baseball legend that her son would not stop talking about Mack and the Philadelphia A's. Now Connie Mack uh, took the time you know had a little bit of empathy and compassion and wrote back to the, the struggling mother uh, to say that if the boy had talent, he might just be able to make a living at playing baseball. Well, I'm sure that didn't make May very happy, but maybe it did settle her down a little bit. The field skipper even went on as far to say in the letter that he would love working with the youngster someday to see what his talent level was. Well, that went right into Pug's head and uh, stuck with him and resonated there for a while. Uh, it probably took mom and dad just a little bit more longer to uh, let that seep in and start to affect them. Now, World War II happened. And during World War II, because of the travel restrictions, the Philadelphia Athletics held their 1944 tryouts in Frederick, Maryland. The venue was about 50 miles away from Little St. Thomas. So with the encouraging words on the letter from Connie Mack just a few years earlier, uh, still very much resonating in Pud's mind and ears, his parents took him to Maryland for the tryout open. Now, after all, the ace skipper would say he'd, he would love to work with the youngster someday if he had potential. Well, they wanted to make that really come true. So it was sort of a Cinderella story right out of Hollywood screenplay. The Fox family met Connie Mack and Nellie Fox indeed had a tryout that impressed the field box of the Philadelphia American League team. The biggest issue was finding a uniform small enough to fit his five foot six inch frame of the potential big league ball player. But before the tryout was over, the A's signed the 16-year-old to a minor league contract as one of the shortest first basemen in all of baseball. Now, Nelly impressed the athletics with his plate appearances and the way he covered the first base bag on the low throws, especially you know, pulling some of those out of the dirt that uh, a much taller fellow might not be able to get. Now, Nelly quickly advanced from the lower tiers of the A's farm system uh, to the more advanced. And it, but it wasn't really a straight shot to the top, though, as he would jump a level and then be called back down. And such is the life of a minor league uh, baseball player in uh, the system of the major leagues. Now, finally, in 1947, Nelly Fox was called up to the Philadelphia Athletics Major League Baseball squad. But after seven games, he went hitless in three at-bats. 
And thus, he was set back down to the Lincoln Class A affiliate. And But there he batted 311 and was even celebrated as being selected to the All-Star Game for the Class A League that Lincoln played in. So, you know, didn't succeed at the big leagues, but uh, that next level down surely had a, a great uh, little season there. Fox finally stuck it with the big league club of the athletics in 1949, playing off the bench as a second base backup. Uh, in sport duty, he was uh, productive, giving incumbent players like Pete Suter uh, some much-needed rest during the grueling season. Suter was just an outstanding second baseman for the athletics at that time. Then after the 1949 season, a series of events followed that propelled Nellie's dream of playing baseball forward. The A's traded Fox to the White Sox, and Nelly ended up playing second base again, but he was beat out for the starting job by a player named Cass Michaels. Uh, shortly thereafter, wheeling and dealing began, and the Sox dealt Michaels away, but brought in another veteran infielder that would fill the vacated starting infield spot in Al Kozar. So Nelly Fox sitting behind Kozar now. But the thing is, that Kozar soon after the trade suffered an injury. Uh, I believe it was a back injury, and Nellie Fox was cast into the starting lineup of the White Sox. As an everyday player in 1950, Nellie was kind of far from impressive. He ended up batting in with an average of 247, no home runs, and only 30 RBIs in 130 games. So things weren't looking too bright for him when he got his big shot. The next year in spring training, it didn't look good for Fox to even make the opening day roster. Nelly even wrote home predicting that he might be shipped back to the minors to start the season. But there was a couple coaches on the Chai Sox that really liked Nelly's work ethic. They had uh, former Yankees second baseman Joe Gordon work with the youngster and on both his little bit of his batting and a lot of his footwork at second base and you know as a fielder. They looked at him as sort of a project. White Sox hitting coach uh, Doc Kramer worked with Fox in the batter's box as well, and the drills from these experts were long and tedious. But Nelly put in the time and the effort and prev uh, prevailed and improved in both skill sets. Now, a bio on Nelly Fox on the Sabre.org sums up the results best about Nelly Fox after that. They say, quote, the American League All-Star team every year from 1951 through 1961 was made by Nelly. And Fox led the leagues in hits four times during the 1950s and scored 100 or more runs in four straight seasons, 1954 to 1957. Infield, Fox led the All-American League second baseman in total chances for nine straight seasons, 1952 to 1960, in double plays five times and in fielding percentage four times. In eight seasons span from 1952 through 1959, Fox finished in a top 10 of the American League's most valuable player voting six different times. Unquote. Nellie Fox, in summary, became a stud in the MLB. His patience and hard work and perseverance paid off and is a great example to all of us that if you truly want something and believe and you really want it bad enough, you can achieve your goals through any obstacles. And so the, the, the small man uh, that had a big dream ended up playing in the Major League Baseballs and thrived in that system 
through some very much perseverance and hard work and gritty performances. Ellie Fox, one of the Hall of Fame baseball players that we celebrate on this edition, and we hope you'll join us for some more great uh, sports history here on the Sports Jersey Dispatch. Uh, we come to you once or twice a week. We have articles coming out each and every day. Uh, make sure you get on our uh, email list. You can hit the subscriber button on the jerseydispatch.com or go to pigskindispatch.com and find it. You can also find a link to it in the show notes of this podcast. Or you can go to pigskindispatch.com forward slash lowercase letter I, capital U, capital G. You know, come up with that field to give you a newsletter in your email inbox each and every day you'll know what's happening on the sports jersey dispatch podcast jerseydispatch.com pigskindispatch.com and the pigskin dispatch uh, podcast as well as our orville mulligan and some uh, news and information from the sports history network that's coming on their website each and every day so we hope you join us each and every day on pigskin dispatch or you can join us here a couple times a week on the sports jersey dispatch podcast and we hope you'll have a great Great sports history day. Sorry, but my pitching coach just called timeout, and he's coming out to the mound. I think I'm going to get yanked for a reliever. We'll see you back tomorrow for some more great sports history on Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast. We invite you to check out our websites, jerseydispatch.com and pigskindispatch.com. Not only see the daily sports history, but to experience the preservation of great events and people that play the games. Find us on Pigskin Dispatch. It's also on social media outlets of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all your daily sports history. Pigskin Dispatch is happy to be associated with the Sports History Network, the sports headquarters of yesteryear, found at sportshistorynetwork.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians. You'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.